Let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, Lord, I thank you for just making your presence felt this morning. God, even as things didn't go perfectly, as um, words, songs, whatever it may be, God, weren't going perfectly, you were still here, Father, and I thank you for that. I thank you that we get to feel your presence on a daily basis, Lord. God, help us to remember that in our daily life, that is what we need. We need your presence, we need your love, and we need your grace, most of all, God. Father, I thank you for that grace. I thank you for giving us that freely because we don't deserve it and there's nothing we can do to ever pay for that, God, but you gave that to us for free and I thank you for that. God, I pray that you just speak to me, through me and in spite of me today and I pray that your your word is just heard um, with open hearts and open minds and I pray all these things in your son's holy and precious name, Jesus, amen. So as some of you might be like a little weirded out, well, where's, where's the video? Um, yeah, there's no video today. There's, there's no PowerPoint. So I apologize if you're a visual learner. Um, the video today is actually um, me apologizing. Uh, I want to apologize for last week because... I ultimately said a lot of things that shouldn't have been said. I, I wasn't prepared ultimately, and I let all of you down, and I apologize for that. And so I, as I'm about to preach on something, um, it is actually quite near and dear to my heart because uh, I am going to be speaking on our daily routines and our lifelong, or, or not our lifelong routines, just our daily routines. And um, it's quite interesting because sure enough, um, as I'm preaching on this, this is kind of something important to me right now because things are changing in my life. Um, you know, this has probably been one of the best years of my life outwardly. Um, I'm getting married, which is super exciting. I have My family relationships have been better than ever. All these things outwardly have been so good, but I forgot about the most important thing, and that is my relationship with God. Um, I have been really struggling, honestly, inwardly, and um, and unfortunately, you had to take the brunt of that last week. So I apologize, um, and I hope that you all get something from this week. I just, and I hope you have the grace to forgive me. Um, so as we continue on in our uh, series on Ecclesiastes, if you have your Bible or smartphone, we are going to be going through Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verses 7 to 10. Um, and the heading of this is so awesome because it says, remember your creator while young. And I think um, as I go through this, there's a lot of things that we can look at this in our daily lives and we can take a lot of things from what we do on a daily basis and really apply this to our lives. So I'm just going to read it through and then break it down and then go through a few things that I, uh, I think jump out at me. So Solomon wrote, Light is sweet and it pleases the eyes to see the sun. However many years anyone may live, let them enjoy them all. But let them remember the days of darkness, for there will be many. Everything to come is meaningless. You who are young... Be happy while you are young. 
and let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Follow the ways of your heart and whatever your eyes see, um, but know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. So then, banish anxiety from your heart and cast out the troubles of your body, for youth and vigor are meaningless. Now, some of you might be, well, what the heck, there's, there's not really much there about routine. Um, but verse 7, honestly, that is, this is the most important thing of our routine. Verse 7 says, light is sweet and it pleases the eyes to see the sun. That should be our main focus in our day. When he's speaking, when he says, light is sweet and it pleases the eyes to see the sun. Solomon is ultimately saying everything above the sun, you know, Raja spoke on everything under the sun, which under the sun means the things away from God, the things apart from God. And Solomon's first thing opening up is the light is sweet. The light is good. And that is the most important thing of things of our days is to remember how important the light is to us. It's like when this is, this is a great analogy for me. I love food. Um, so some of you may know that. I love the analogy. I kind of put it in this way. It says, um, I said, it's like when you order dessert and it sounds and looks amazing, but when you try it, it falls flat or is the most amazing thing ever. And that's how we look at God. We look at him sometimes and we, we see this big thing and it's like, oh, this is really awesome. And then we really get it. And then we're like, eh, it was okay. You know, eh, it could have been better. But when we really look at God for who he is and what he is, it's like the most amazing dessert of your life. Like my favorite dessert is a creme brulee. Um, just throwing it out there. If anyone wants to become my best friend, just saying. Um, but how often is it important to look at God as, it, as us in that way or us to look at him in that way? We need to remember um, that the most important thing is to look at God through the eyes that he wants us to look at him. And that is good, that he is good, that everything he does for us is good. Verse eight says, however many years anyone may live, let them enjoy them all, but let, the, let them remember the days of darkness for there will be many. Everything to come is meaningless. Solomon is saying, you know, this is, the, this is the biggest misconception of Christianity. So many people see the church and go, oh, they want you to not swear, not have fun, do all these things, X, Y, Z, you know. It's this book of rules. But Solomon here is saying, no, enjoy your time with, enjoy your time on earth. Have fun, love people, love yourself, you know, do those things that, that bring joy to your heart. But we need to remember the days of our darkness. And some of you might be like, well, what do you mean by that? What do you, how can we have fun while we're remembering the times of our darkness? If any of you be, ever been to an AA meeting or something like that, celebrate recovery, things like that, you always start off with, hi, my name is Marshall and I'm an alcoholic. And the reason why you do that is to remember where you've come from. And that's what Solomon, I think, is really trying to put across there is not to, to dwell and be like, oh, I'm such an awful person, but to remember and know where you can go. Have that thing behind your back, not dwelling over you like, you know, the thing, like a monkey on your back, but just knowing I need to focus on God because that's behind me and that will come back. You know, 
Psalms 23 verse four says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. How often when we forget that we are, you know, we're in the valley of the shadow of death and we're like, oh my gosh, I'm such a bad person, blah, blah, blah. But God's being like, no, no, no. You don't have to focus on that. That's not you. I am you. I am inside of you. That's who you are. That's who you made yourself, but that's not what I want you to remember yourself as. It's something always important to remember your past, but to not dwell on it. And that's something that I've really been trying to work on this past little while because dreading it and thinking that's who you are is not what God wants of you. God wants you to see him inside of you. This one pastor um, had this great analogy and I love it. Um, he, this guy was doing a sculpture at his church and he walked up to him and was like, Hey man, how, like, how do you get this amazing image out of it? How do you like figure it all out? Do you map it out in your head? And this was probably the coolest thing I ever heard. He was like, I try and take off the junk on the outside to see the beauty that's inside. And then the pastor said this great analogy and he's like, that's what, that's what God is doing with us. Christ is in us. And he's trying to scrape all the bad stuff, the junk out from outside of us to see the good inside of us, which is Christ. And Solomon is ultimately saying that. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy because the Lord is with you, you know. But just don't remember the junk on the outside. Remember who you really are on the inside, which is, which is God. Verse 9 comes to say, you who, who are young and happy, be happy while you are young and let your heart give joy in the days of your youth. Follow the ways of your heart and whatever your eyes see, but know that God, um, but know that for all these things, God will bring you judgment. How many people love that saying, follow your heart, man, you know, or things like that. And, and it's funny. I was like, I was like, that's not in the Bible. And then sure enough, as I'm reading this passage, I'm like, oh those poor youth that I said never to do that to. Um, but it's funny, how, we, mis, we misconceive that and, and just totally take that the wrong way. Um, first off, when Solomon is speaking about the young, I honestly think he's, he's meaning about the young in the Lord, your relationship with God, your, your youth in, in your time with Christ. See, um, a great analogy I like to look at is uh, when you become a, cr- a Christ follower, you're a baby. So you have these, your community around you is ultimately like your parents helping you in some way. Um, I heard, uh, it's, it's one of those things where as you're young, you look for people for support and encouragement. So like for me, when I, when I first became a Christian, Derek and Raja um, and Brian Carney were like my three go-to guys. Like I loved the support of them. I loved the grace that they showed me and they taught me how to be a man. And I think this is what first Solomon is trying to say. While you're young, be happy. You know, when, you're, when you first become a Christ follower, you know, you have that fire in yourself and you're burning up and you're, you're ready to go. Um, that's something important to follow. And I totally do. Um, but anyways, but, uh, you know, with the cliche thing of following your heart, um, 
And what Raja said earlier in the series, what we forget is your heart needs to be focused on the Lord. And if your heart is focused on the Lord, you'll follow the things of the Lord. And that is the most important thing of following your heart is you'll, you'll get the discernment of the Lord and you'll follow the choices that God wants you to make. And you know that ultimately in the end, you realize you're making God-made choices because you have the discernment of the Lord in your heart. So when thinking of following your heart, if you're, if you're praying for discernment of your heart, if you're praying for God's wisdom, all those things like we've been saying to do, you ultimately will be following your heart because you'll be making the choices God wants you to make. And that's the misconception. When people say, oh, follow your heart, it's like, oh, I'm gonna do what I want. Yeah, that means I'm gonna go do this or that. But God's like, no, 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 no. Following your heart means following me ultimately. But if you follow me, all these things are going to be following your heart. That is the, that's the greatest thing of all. And then verse 10 says, so then banish anxiety from your heart and cast off the troubles of your body for youth and vigor are meaningless. Now I think Solomon, please hear me out um, as I go with this. Uh, Solomon is really telling us uh, to let go of all the sin and distraction of our heart. Now, as I'm saying this, you know, obviously people say cast off the troubles of your body. They get that as a sin. Now, I'm not saying anxiety is a sin. I'm, I'm not saying that at all. Please hear me out. Anxiety is not a sin. But how often do we make the anxiety in our lives? How often do we put ourselves in the places to bring anxiety onto our lives? Like me, I am the biggest procrastinator in the world. You can ask anyone I know, I am a procrastinator, as my fiance is laughing at me from the top. Um, I bring anxiety on myself because I wait till the end. Like in school, I'm the total, oh my gosh, I have a week to write this huge paper and I haven't started it. And that anxiety brings me away from the God, Lord because I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to do this. And I close my fist. I'm like, I, 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 I. But that's the thing is God wants us to rid us of those things. And he wants us to take those things away from us. But we always put ourselves in that. And Lastly, um, when Solomon says your youth and vigor are meaningless. Now, some of you are probably like, hey, 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 you just, so your time in youth with Christ is super important because it gives you that fire. It gets you started. But I'm also going to say that your youthfulness in Christ is also not the greatest thing forever. Um, Now comes the baby analogy that I was supposed to do. So when you're a baby, when you're born, what do you do when you need attention? You cry and someone brings and helps you, but you don't stay there forever. You don't always, I hope not. Uh, maybe you do, I, I don't know. But I hope that you're not crying at 33. Ah, someone bring me milk. Um, I'm gonna say a joke, but uh, so uh, Tim Hawkins, he made this tweet and he says, I like to live my life like the first um, uh, uh, cry or take long naps and cry when I want someone to bring me a glass of milk. Um, and you know, some of us might do that in our spiritual walk. You know, some of us might sit there and cry and be like, God, when are you going to come and get this out? You know, God, God, when are you going to bring me my milk? Um, but that's, you can't stay there forever. As you grow in your spiritual journey, you need to grow as like a baby grows. 
you know, those times when, when two comes and they want to do everything on their own. And then five comes and they feel like they're a teenager already. And you're like, you're five, come on. And then when they're 13 and they're like, mom, I'm really like 27. And you're like, okay, then go pay rent, go get a job. And they're like, well, actually, never mind. I'm, I'm still 13. Um, but that's what we need to be in our walk with God. We need to take those steps as we grow older and take more upon ourselves and all these things. We keep walking forward and finding new and exciting things in our lives. But most importantly, we need to keep walking forward and finding God in our lives. So there's a few points that I really think we need to, that me too, me, like I say we, and it's so true. I, I should say I need to do it um, with our lives and in our daily routines. And the first one, um, our lives don't have to be sweet for God to be sweet in our lives. As Liam was kind of sharing his testimony, it was, it was perfect because he's like, you know, I loved God when he brought these things, but when not, how often um, when things aren't going our ways, when, when all this stuff is going wrong and, you know, it's like, why, 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 why? And, you know, it's funny as we speak on this all the time here, I realize that the reason why we speak on it all the time is because we always do it. And it's something we need to hear over and over and over again. You know, how often when things don't go our ways, it's like, it's, it's God's fault, not ours. You know, John six twenty two and 23 says, so with you now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will ever take away your joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me for anything. Very truly, I tell you, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. How often do we just continue to live in the grief and rather than looking for the joy and rejoicing with God? You know, how often do we forget that the things in this life are meaningless and the joy we should get from, from God should wash away all of the angst and frustration in our life. Now, this is not me saying that you should always be happy and nothing ever hurts. But when things are hurting, remember that they are going to get better. Maybe not in this life, but in the next. When God doesn't seem to be sweet, we need to remember the promises of Christ that came from the gospels. That the sweetest thing is going to come in the future. And we have to remember we have already received that greatest gift of all that has washed us clean to learn how to spell, Marshall. Um, <laughs> ultimately, um, we just need to remember that God is in God is in us, and that something that should and that something that God being in us should be our sweet tooth. You know, He should always seem like that most amazing dessert you've ever had. Or if you're more of a savory person, that amazing dish you have. I, I, I don't know. But always, 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 you should remember that he is with you and that just because things are bad, it doesn't mean you're, you're alone. So point number two um, is how do we react to change? How often when change happens, when things happen, instead of going the way we should towards God, we're like, no, you know, um, it's, it's just, it's natural. 
we have that thing. When things go bad, we don't want to go the way we want to. So I think God really changes our routine to test us. So many times people think, oh, things are getting hard, so God's not here. But what if, what if he is challenging you? Um, a passage from Job says, um, so Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores on the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. Then Job took a piece of broken poetry and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. He replied, you were talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept, God, uh, accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin. In, um, oh, Job did not sin in what he said. When Job's three friends, Elephazah, the Temanite, and uh, Bilad, Bildad, Bildad, the Shuhite, and Zopha, the Hebrew words are so hard. Um, heard about all these troubles that had come up, come up, come upon him. They sat out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. When they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud, and they tore their robes and sparkled dust on their heads. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. I think Job said one of the most amazing and most deep things ever. And it's, shall we accept good from God and not trouble? Why is it that when trouble comes, it's, it's, we can't take it. We can't do it. You know, when good is good, we are worshiping. And then when things go bad, we just turn away from God, cursing him. Sometimes God does want us to be challenged. And who says that he can't or won't? Our outward should not change our inward thoughts or desires. You know, this has been one of the most enjoyable years. Oh, that's kind of talking about me. This has been one of the greatest years of my life outwards, but inwardly it hasn't. I'm trying to rebuild the bonds with my family. I'm trying to get married, all these things. And the outward is great. But what about my inwardly? Just because things are going bad inwardly for me, does that mean that God can't challenge me inwardly? No matter where you are, you can be lost, but it just takes one step back to God to help you feel that inwardly love again. And I think Dave said that perfectly um, in his prayer that God is like the prodigal father. You know, we can go off and he'll say it's okay before we even can get out our excuses. How often is that in our lives with ourselves? How often do we just make excuses for ourselves rather than realizing we need to push through and fight through our inwardly changes so that we can become closer to God? And third point, my last point, we need to remember the days of the darkness because it will help us remember how God brought us through those days. And I kind of already spoke on it, but the reason why I'm speaking on it again is because I think it's one of the most important things in our lives. I think too often um, people outside of the church and people um, in other areas of life always go, oh, forget your past. Don't worry about your past. It's not you, blah, 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 blah. But I think there's something really important in us remembering where we came from. Hebrews 10, 32 and 36 says, 
Remember those earlier days after you have received the light, when you stood your ground in your greatest contest in the face of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the um, confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will richly be rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Verse 35 and 36 say it perfectly. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he promises. And James, in the book of James, he ultimately says that too. It's all about, you know, persevere through those hard times, push through those hard times. And yes, I know those dark days are hard. Those dark days are hard to remember. Those dark days are hard to come through. I have come through them. I will, we can have a fight battle on darkest days, but I don't want to um, because that's pointless. But I know the times when I forgive my past. I know the times when I dwell on the past. I know the times when I think, oh, maybe the past would be a good idea to go back to. And you're, I realize that I fall away from God. But the days when I remember, thank you, God, for bringing me from that. Thank you, God, for the men that you've put in my life to, to encourage me and push me towards you. Thank you for me and this opportunity you've given me to, to spread your word. Thank you for my story. How often do we thank God for our story, for everything that it is, the good, the bad, and the ugly? How often do we really thank him for the bad and the ugly? God, thank you for all the good times, but man, did you screw up with those bad and ugly times. You know, this year I've really realized how grateful I am for my past. I don't know how that happened or why it's happened, um, but I have really realized how grateful I am for the story I have, for the family I have, um, for the amazing parents I have all over my life because it's truly the most important thing that has brought me away from my darkness, but it also helps me remember my darkness because family likes likes to remind you of stuff like that, but it's a good thing. You need to, I realize I need to look at it as a good thing because it strengthens me. It remembers who I am. So as we go on with your days, as you go on with your days, remember remember to, to not dwell on your past, but to strengthen your life from your past. Remember, our lives don't have to be sweet. Your daily routine doesn't have to be sweet for God to be sweet in your life. God should be sweet every day in your routine. God should be awesome in your routine. Waking up in the morning to read the Bible for five minutes shouldn't be like, oh my gosh, why do I have to do this? But that's something super important in our lives. And two, remember, when change comes in your routine, go to God. It's the most important thing because nice ringtone. Um, it's, that's one of the most important things. And I wanna close before I pray with... Um, Chapter 12, verse one. Yeah, it's just like the first three words of verse one. And it says, remember your creator. Now, some of you go, oh, that's out of context. You just read like three words out of a chapter. If you go through the chapter, 
It is not out of the context because Solomon is telling you always to remember your creator. Remember your creator in your routine. Remember your creator in your daily life. Remember your creator in the joy in your life, but also remember your creator in the hard times of your life. So let's pray. As we sit here, eyes closed, um, it's funny how easy it is, um, even with all these promises in the Bible of how things will get better, of how life will get better, how awesome heaven will be, we still get caught up in the selfishness of our own lives, in the, the meaningless things around us. But let's try and remember, let's lift each other up as a community, as a family, as friends, that we should remember our creator in the good and the bad times. So Heavenly Father, I pray um, in this week and weeks to come, God, down our road, help us to remember you, Father. God, I pray that you give us the discernment to always look to you when times get bad, but when times are good as well. God, help us to remember. Remember our past, but not dwell in our past, Father. Help us to see how awesome it is to, to see how you've brought us from our past. God, you are in us and we need to remember that. We need to remember that the good thing is inside of us, God, not the outward side. So Father, I pray as we go on this week, we remember that you are a part of us, that you are sculpting the bad things away from us so that you can see Jesus in us, Lord. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you that we can come here and be authentic with one another. But God, I pray that your spirit stays here. Your spirit continues to work in this place and your spirit continues to work in the lives of the people at UCC. I pray blessings over the rest of our days and the rest of our weeks. God, if blessings don't come, I pray that we still see your divine and awesome power, Lord. And I pray these things in your son's holy and precious name, Jesus. Amen. So thank you for coming to UCC. Um, Raja will be back next week, I think, closing off the series. I, maybe one or two. I'm not sure. Um, thanks for coming. Have a wonderful weekend, rest of your weekend as it is. And uh, blessings. Thanks for coming.